Friends, welcome to worship at First Presbyterian Church in Bend, Oregon. My name is Stephen, the lead pastor at First Presbyterian. And if you live nearby or across the world or somewhere in between, we're so grateful that you joined us. You know, at First Presbyterian, you meet people at, at many different places, theologically, spiritually, and we love it that way. You know, we want to be a place where our diversity brings us together, and our honest conversations take us deeper, deeper in our understanding and relationship with God. We call this kind of faith a spacious Christianity. We don't ask anyone to sign creeds or agree with statements of belief. Our mission statement is to live the spacious and radical love of Jesus so that all might flourish in the world. So please know, glad you're here and you're welcome. As we worship today, just take a second and take a deep breath with me. And may we, may we open our hearts to God's generous, an unconditional love that is always present to us so that we might live as the presence of that unconditional love in the world. Welcome. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. We're lighting the Christ candle today to remind us that Christ is always present wherever two or three are gathered in his name. That's Dolly and I'm Evelyn. God bless you. Welcome to what you cannot see, to what you cannot control, to what you cannot ignore, to what you cannot hide from. Welcome. The welcome is universal. The entrance is free. The invitation is open. The hand is extended. The time is now. Welcome to overflowing generosity, to gentle nourishment, to unspoken prayer, to inarticulate longing. Welcome to actions beyond words, to help without asking, to provision without measure, to hospitality without price. Welcome. Take hold of the unknown. Accept the unconditional. Let go of limitation. Trust what you cannot question. God welcomes you. Welcome.
house, everyone is welcome. Those who feel like they have it all together and those who feel like their world is falling apart. No matter who we are, there's room for us here. So now, with that confidence, we turn to God in prayer, speaking the truth of our lives. 
Please join me in the prayer of confession. God of today and God of tomorrow, you say, bring your full self. There's room for you here. But we say, our lives are too messy. You say, bring your hopes and your dreams. There's room for you here. But we say, it's too risky to hope. You say, bring your grief and your prayers. There's room for you here. But we say, some things are easier to forget. God of today and God of tomorrow, we know in our hearts that there's room for us here. Forgive us for withholding our full selves from you. Forgive us for, forgive us for giving only our Sunday best. Help us remember today and tomorrow that there's room for every story. Amen. And now, friends, we who feel scattered are held together. We who have lost our way are, are forgiven and found. And we who are lonely are brought into the fold and are told that there's room for you here. From generation to generation, this is the good news of the gospel, that in Jesus Christ we are held, forgiven, found, and welcome. Thanks be to God. Amen.
God, we have known your love. We have experienced your care and your provision. Some days we are able to rest in your love. Other days we find ourselves anxious, restless, and sometimes even hopeless. But even on those days, even when we doubt, your love for us is steadfast and true, holding us close. Help us to recognize that love, to know it intimately, and to share it with the world around us. Help us to care for others as deeply as we care for ourselves. Or sometimes help us to care for ourselves as deeply as we care for others. We bring to you the needs of our world And in your mercy, we ask that you hear our prayer. We pray for those who do not have what they need in order to survive, those without enough food to eat or shelter to keep them warm, those without employment or enough money to pay their bills, those without access to medical care or medicine to keep them healthy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who have more than enough to meet their needs, but who continue to feel empty inside. Those who struggle to find meaning and purpose in life, who turn to alcohol, drugs, or other destructive behaviors to try to hide their pain. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are struggling physically, who are battling life-threatening disease or injury, who are living with chronic pain, who are coping with dementia or facing death. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we pray for those who are caring for loved ones who are sick, be it physically or mentally. Give them strength and friends to lean on. In your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray all of this in the confidence of your great love for us and for all of your creation. And we trust you hear us as we pray as your son taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. of Jesus' life was not to change God's mind about us, but to change our mind about God, revealing and introducing to us a generous God, a generous God of extravagant, 
and unconditional love. You know, Jesus was always inviting people to stretch and to move beyond what they think they already know. That's why Jesus frequently spoke in, in parables. Scholars like to argue about what were the actual words of the historical Jesus and what did the early church add? And most scholars agree the parables of Jesus are likely the actual teachings of Jesus. Now, the word parable means, literally means, alongside. Jesus tossed these, these provocative stories alongside us. And if we're to catch the wisdom and the grace in the stories, we have to be willing to move. To move from the familiar and worn path of what we think we already know and stretch Stretch to receive the gift in the stories. Now, parables are not illustrations or fables meant to reveal a single point or lesson. Jesus, Jesus would actually take, take something really familiar, and he'd twist it, and he'd turn it to provoke us and invite us to see things in a new way. So as we listen to today's story, today's story about a, a sower and some seeds, <laughs> instead of searching for the answer or searching for the moral or, or lesson in the story, what if we asked ourselves different questions as we listen? Now, if the story, if the story is a ball thrown alongside, how are we being asked to stretch? to move? Where are we being, being challenged in our understanding of God and ourselves? What surprises us? Where is the invitation in the story? So here is the parable of the sower from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around Jesus that he got in a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then Jesus told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seeds. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no roots. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. You know, a traditional, a traditional reading of this parable is to assume that, that we are the soil. And, and the story is, is about us and the, the quality of the soil of our souls. <laughs> Don't we assume most things are about us? The truth is, 
You know, I, I do recognize myself in all the soils Jesus describes in the story. No doubt I have days when, when, I, when I can be the hardened path, closed off with a defended heart. Because sometimes the pain in the world just, just is too much to bear. I have certainly been rocky ground with, with shallow soil and no roots. I felt small seeds of joy and love and hope and faith snatched away as I've experienced loss and grief, depression and doubt. You know, I've felt my faith at times spring up quickly only to have it wilt. And I've certainly had moments where it seems the weeds are choking the life out of me. And I've fallen among thorns and brambles, caught in pain or worry or fear with with little room to stretch or grow. In some days, especially lately, the soil feels scorched by the oppressive heat of life and the brutal systems of injustice that continue to kill and threaten the most vulnerable. There are times it seems like the seeds that the seeds that might yield peace, justice, healing, don't stand a chance in the combative soil of our culture. These days, yeah, yeah, I can recognize myself in all of the soils that Jesus describes, <laughs> sometimes in the course of a single day. But when we read this parable, Assuming the story is about us. Using the story as a tool to analyze and judge the worthiness of our soil. It makes for a really, really cynical story. You know, it's not, it's not a bad thing to do a little self-reflection. But I don't think that's the story Jesus is telling here. Jesus didn't tell such straightforward, unimaginative stories. Jesus told stories that took something familiar and turned it upside down, inviting us to see with a different lens. Making this parable about us is a really familiar lens. You know the one. You know, we should beat ourselves up. We should really feel guilty about the quality of our soil. You know, we don't measure up. We're not enough. We, we should do more. If we could just get our act together and, and be better people, be better Christians, we might then be worthy to receive the seeds of God's grace. Sound familiar? As I mentioned a couple weeks ago in the parable of the prodigal son, you know, that's what we do. We turn our relationship with God into a transaction. If I do X, I will then earn God's favor. I mean, if I confess, if I pull those weeds, if I, promise, if I promise to take better care of the soil, 
then I'll be worthy to have the seeds of God's grace take root in my life. Now, if the story is about us, God then becomes the demanding farmer, constantly judging the quality of the soil, and woe to those whose lives waste the seeds that God has scattered. The life of faith then becomes this, this joyless obligation, rather than an experience of grace that sets us free and brings us joy. Jesus, the storyteller. Jesus turned familiar stories upside down, inviting us to see God and ourselves through a different lens. So imagine with me for a moment. What if this story Jesus told isn't about us and our shortcomings? What would change in how we experience the story if we understood that Jesus was telling a story about the heart of the one who was scattering the seeds? What if it's a story about the generosity of God, the prolific sower of seeds who doesn't obsess about the conditions of the fields, who isn't stingy with the seed, but, but scatters seeds everywhere on good soil and bad, who's not cautious or judgmental or even practical, but who is willing to keep reaching into the seed bag covering the whole of creation with the generative seeds of God's love and mercy and justice. How might, how might we be stretched in our understanding of God and ourselves if we shifted our focus from the soil to the generosity of the sower? You know, if we did that, the first thing we notice the first thing we notice is that the sower in the story, the sower scatters seeds generously, extravagantly, wastefully. The seeds fall on good soil and bad soil. You know, if I were sowing seeds, I'd want greater odds of success. I'd want to make sure the seeds landed on fertile soil, fertile soil. This generous, extravagant, wasteful scattering of seeds would just have to stop. It's just bad farming to waste good seed on unproductive soil. That's how the world works. It's bad farming to waste good seed on unproductive soil. I mean, we're certainly told in our society there are people, there are people who aren't worthy of our time, our investments. There are people less worthy, we're told, because of the color of their skin, their education or economic status, their gender, their sexual, sexual orientation, whether or not they hold legal documents, whether or not they have a prison record. 
whether or not they have a roof over their heads. There's an idea that has taken root in the soil of this world, that some people are less worthy than others. But when we shift our lens to the sower of the seeds in the story, we notice the sower pays very little attention to the condition of the soil. The sower doesn't worry whether it's productive or unproductive soil. The sower doesn't seem to be worried about the odds of, of success or failure. The sower isn't stingy with the seeds. With wild abandon, the sower scatters handfuls of seeds across the fields like stars flung across the sky. Now to us in our world, the sower appears to be recklessly inefficient and extravagantly wasteful. But what if that's actually the hope and the beauty of the story? The nature of the sower is to be radically generous. And the sower, the sower assumes those seeds can take root in any kind of soil. The sower assumes the best and not the worst. The sower gives the benefit of the doubt. The sower believes that everyone is deserving of seeds regardless of the current quality of their soil. The sower isn't stingy, but operates from a place of abundance. The sower focuses on giving and giving and giving without any expectation of what he or she may get in return. Just imagine what might happen if we reflected that same kind of radical generosity in the world of the sower. You know what I love most about shifting our lens and the story from the soil to the sower is noticing the abundance of love and the sheer refusal to give up on us. God doesn't stop scattering seeds of divine love because the soil isn't perfect. <laughs> Thank God, what a relief. In fact, God is scattering seeds with reckless abandon. God is the relentless and lavish sower, sowing seeds here, there, everywhere. This is radical generosity. Once we embrace once we embrace this radical generosity, we can let go of our hang-ups about what kind of soil we are. And we can stop judging the quality of other people's soil. There's this defiant and, and fierce hope entrusting a God with this kind of radical generosity. Because this kind of radical generosity trusts sowing a seed on a rock 
may yield something because sometimes, sometimes out of a rock comes a tree. And sometimes out of concrete comes a flower. This kind of radical generosity really offers us hope amidst a world that sometimes feels hardened and rocky and full of thorns. We're living right now in a remarkably challenging and painful moment. If ever, if ever there was a time to scatter seeds of radical love and generosity, it's now. To practice radical generosity, scattering seeds of love and compassion and justice in the hopeful places. And especially scattering those seeds in the less promising places. A while back, there was a man standing on the corner, on the corner of Highway 20 and, and 27th. And this man had the same threatening look as my mother had when I knew I was in trouble. You know, my mother could make me feel guilty before I even knew what I had done to feel guilty about. This man was holding a sign, was holding a sign that said, Are you saved? Repent or spend eternity in hell. <laughs> now, across the street by the Shell station were two teenage, teenage girls with the exuberance of, of one too many white mochas from Dutch Bros. I mean, they were dancing and, and singing and laughing, and they were holding a sign that said, Free Car Wash. Now, my car wasn't dirty, but my soul took over the wheel intuitively, knowing I needed to wash away some of the gloom. And I learned their dance troupe, the teenagers' dance troupe, decided to spend a Saturday afternoon spreading love and kindness. What? What? <laughs> Why? I asked. Just because? I said, come on, there must be a catch. What's the hook? Are you raising money? Are you raising money for your dance troupe? Are you selling tickets for an upcoming performance? Nope. Nope, they said. They said there's just too much negativity and hate. There's just too much pain and heartbreak. We just wanted to remind people there's still some good in this world. And we wanted to give people a reason to smile today. You know, it kind of reminded me of a story Jesus told about a sower who generously, extravagantly, wastefully scattered seeds across the field. Why? Because that's what love does. That afternoon, two teenagers high on white mochas helped me see the heart of God. As for being saved, I'll leave that in the hands of a God who loves generously, extravagantly, and wastefully.
and I just might spend the day practicing radical generosity, scattering some seeds of goodness myself. Do you want to join me? Because you just never know where flowers might grow. May it be so. Friends, if you're enjoying and appreciate this worship service online or on television, I want to ask you to consider making a financial gift to help us continue to offer these worship services. You know, it wouldn't be possible without your support. Your financial gifts impact people's lives every single day through our mission and ministries at First Presbyterian. And every gift, large or small, matters and makes a real difference. 
Your financial support helps us continue to bring a message of hope right here in Central Oregon and across the world at a time when hope is in short supply. Your financial support helps us bring Christ's love where and when it is needed the most. It's easy to give. You can make a, a gift online at bendfp.org or mail a check to the church. I can't thank you enough for your support.
The purpose of Jesus' life was to reveal to us the heart of God. Jesus told a story about a sower, a sower, a sower of seeds, who isn't stingy, but who generously, extravagantly, wastefully scatters seeds everywhere. Knowing the seeds of love can take root in any kind of soil. Even a tree can grow out of a rock, a flower can grow out of concrete. Friends, may we practice the same kind of radical generosity, scattering seeds of love and compassion and justice in the hopeful places, and especially, especially in the less promising places. Go in peace, and may the radical generosity you extend bring peace to others. May it be so. I asked you for the light You gave me a long dark night Gave me shadows for my path There was no turning back And you whispered hold on tight I asked you for some peace of mind So you gave me a fight inside And how I wrestled with the truth Went round and round with you Could not shake you but I tried It's like dancing with the stone Oh, how I'm trying to let go So I pray with a broken heart That's where the healing starts Sing a song of a wayward child Be thou my vision I'm looking for another sign Mercy in a sweet sunrise Wanna be So much time, nothing left to do but climb. Now every step is grace. Only you could start a fire on such an empty mountain side. So I pray with a broken heart. That's where the healing starts. Sing a song.
song 